So, what does it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Well, find out on another episode of We Are Amada. I'm Marcos Mora. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, Marcos Mora here. Welcome to another episode of We Are Amada. I need to do a little longer introduction here. This is an episode that really means a lot to me. In this episode, I interview Kevin Manuel. Here's the thing about Kevin. Throughout our journey with Amada, after awarding over a hundred territories to wonderful entrepreneurs, you can't help but feel unbelievably grateful for the type of people we've been able to do business with, been able to coach, and who have now coached us. I have learned so much from watching Kevin Manuel and his partner, Gregory Hines, open their location in Michigan when there was no other Amada in Michigan back in 2014. These are some of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. They are incredible fathers and husbands and business partners. Uh, as you probably know from anyone, if you've started a business or if you have friends who started businesses, business partnerships can be super difficult. And these two men have created an incredibly successful business in Michigan while still raising amazing families and uh, taking care of each other. And so back in 2014, when we had, I don't know, eight or nine franchise partners and we are talking to Kevin Manuel, who spent 17 years with companies like Pfizer and Novartis, and he's considering joining Amada, it's a pinch me moment, right? And you you just feel so incredibly thankful that somebody of that caliber would want to join our team, even when we had maybe eight or nine franchise partners back in 2014. Since then, uh, Kevin Manuel and Gregory Hines, they have grown over these last nine years. They are one of the largest companies in Amada Senior Care. They went through so many struggles and so many challenges to grow their business, but they've been able to do it. And they did it different from any other of our franchise partners in the country, which is so fascinating. When they got into the market, the market didn't respond the way we expected it to. And so they had to pivot. Now, these guys didn't sit there and complain and say it's not working. They just said, whatever we tried isn't working, we're gonna continue and we're gonna find a different way to do it. So they have such a unique business. So I'm really excited to bring this interview to you guys. This is Kevin Manuel, the owner of Amada Senior Care in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And I am so proud for you guys to listen to this episode. Here we go. We have here with me Kevin Manuel, who is our franchise partner and the owner of Amada Senior Care in Greater Michigan. Is the Greater Michigan that's that's too big, right? What is it really? That's too big. You know, we're 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 uh, Amada Farmington Hills, and we cover the Metro Detroit area. Metro Detroit area. Now, what I love about Kevin's story, and we're, we're going to share it here with you guys. Kevin spent uh, some years in retail banking. Then he spent 17 years in pharmaceutical sales with companies like Pfizer and Novartis and uh, finally found the Modest Senior Care back in 2000, gosh, was 14. it? 14. Now, it's nine, we're in our ninth year. That is crazy. Now, 2014, we probably had six, seven, eight franchise partners at that point. Uh, we, were, we were pretty brand new back then. And uh, you guys joined us back in 2014. And after 17 years of pharmaceutical sales, Kevin and Greg Hines, his partner Greg Hines, joined us at Amada Senior Care and now nine years. So uh, thank you for doing this episode with us. I appreciate your time, Kevin. Hey, no problem. Now, I want to go a little bit back because uh, I love the story that you and Greg actually met in college. That's correct. So we uh, we met, we were sophomore year in college 
we both were pledging the same fraternity. We did not know each other until we started pledging. So we got to know each other, obviously, once we started pledging. He was my line brother. Uh, so that's, it's been a long time. So uh, we've been uh, connected ever since then. We were 19 years old at that point, and now we're old men. Uh, but we've been connected in some kind of way since then. He, I was, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding. Uh, he went on and did a very, various things. I did the same thing. And then we all, we both ended in Detroit, ended up in Detroit area. He was here before I was, and my job brought me here. And uh, we were doing different things. And then we connected to start Amada in 2014. And what's interesting is, is you two fraternity brothers, you were in each other's weddings, and you lose touch for a little bit. But you both end up in pharmaceutical sales. You end up with Pfizer Novartis, and he ends up working for who? Uh, you know, I think he was with maybe Bayer, but then he uh -huh. got in device sales. So he left oh, he pharma. Oh, he did? Okay, yeah. After a while, he was in pharma. Then he, he uh, migrated over to uh, medical devices. So he was in that review. And, and totally, do you guys, you guys didn't get each other into the industry. You just both gravitated to the medical sales side and then came back together. Uh, and now- yes. I don't remember. Did you find Amada or did Greg find Amada? Actually, we were talking and we were both, you know, I said, hey, Greg, I'm thinking about doing something else. I was in pharmaceutical. I, I want to do something else. Like, like yeah. you know, my own thing. And he and we were talking and we were on the phone. And he says, you know what? Me too. I, I, I'm thinking the same way. Matter of fact, I have a call scheduled with this company, Amada Senior Care. Do you want to jump on the call with me? Uh, it's it's home care, and I'm like, oh sure, why not? I you know I never thought about home care, but yeah. let's let's do this. And uh, so I joined the call with them, and uh, probably was with you. Probably back then, I think we used to do like an hour long webinar. It was like this big yeah. webinar. We had people on. Wow, yeah, no so, way, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, and so one thing led to to another, and uh, here we are. So that was uh, almost nine years ago, which is just crazy. We, we probably started the process probably right at the beginning of 2014, investigate, or maybe even the fall. 2014. And then, and I think you you don't have licensing in Michigan, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, and for those of you who are listening for the first time, if you're looking at Amada, most states require that you obtain a license and the licensing can take three months. It could take two years. Like in New York, it, actually in New York, no one knows how long it takes. It could it could be never like it's a that's why we're not in New York right but in Michigan you had no licenses so you're able to uh, sign the franchise agreement pay the franchise fee and and come to training but were you, I don't know how much you remember but were you operating pretty quickly or, or how long did it take to really get going Well we uh, we we did all the uh, you know the preliminary work coming out visiting Discovery Day. And we did all of that. And so, like I said, we might have been on the phone originally with you guys in January, February. And by July, June, we, we signed our, our franchise agreement in June. Uh, I think I left my company middle, end of June. And um, we were going probably July or so, we were up and running. So, listen, I, I'm always just uh, so impressed by the fact that with a partnership, you both quit. Uh, you, we both you, quit. You both went full time. How were your wives? And, and in fact, your wives obviously know each other, know, have known each other since college. What were they like? Yes, let's go. Were they, you guys are nuts. Uh, what was that like? Well, I think uh, they were always supportive. So it was just making sure we were doing the right thing, making sure we were doing our due diligence and made sure, and we were had to make sure that we were covered as far as, you know, as we're starting a company, you still got to pay your mortgage. 
you still got to pay yeah. your bills. Yeah. And just financially, you were, we would be set uh, at least for a year so that there were no concerns. So I made sure my mortgage was going to be paid, you know, funds that the mortgage would be paid for at least a year. Okay. Yeah. So, so, we, so, so I gave them some confidence. So we're both married to some very beautiful, fantastic women that, mm-hmm. that trusted us. And obviously we married the right folks, <laughs> the right yeah. women, because yeah. they did, because we stepped out on faith because we, you know, some people, you know, they stick, keep the one foot in the pharmaceutical or device sales, but we said, we're going to do this. We got to do it the right way. And we just, we jumped in. But we made sure we planned it out well. Yeah. And I mean, you you weren't leaving a little job. I mean, you you had developed no. a great career. And and so I talk to a lot of folks that come from medical device and pharma, and they say it's not just a job. You're leaving the uh, resume you've built, you know, the respect that you've built, all the relationships you had built over the years with, with either Novartis or, or Pfizer. Were you just ready? Was it uh, what? What made you think that that was? A, that's a big risk. What made you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm good. Let's do this. Like, what, was there a pain point? Was there something driving you to make a decision with a company? By the way, that was very new. Like we we had been franchising for three years, uh, and we had had right. success. And and there's a lot of other folks. Well, a lot. There's maybe ten folks who had done it before you guys. I don't know, right. man. What what you know? What were you thinking? <laughs> I guess a, a couple of things, you know, yeah, I was ready, you know, after, you know, I, I had, I wasn't being as challenged as I mm-hmm. probably, I wasn't challenged, you know, it was the same kind of routine and wanted to do something different, contribute to society a little bit more than what I was doing. But, you know, as you said, what I was doing, I was comfortable, great companies, great benefits. And there was all the things that was, so that was one thing. You know, so I knew I was doing, I wanted to do something else. Yeah. I knew when I was in banking that I used to, you know, when I was in banking and I was a branch manager and these small business owners would come in for whatever reason, loans or whatever, we have conversation. I always admired those guys. You know, they were doing, this was their thing. Yeah. 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 This was their thing, you know, and uh, they were out on their own. So I've always, I always admired them. So yeah, we're looking for a change. Okay. It was just really, I was probably just, stagnant in what I was doing. And it wasn't a big challenge anymore. And then when we talked to you guys, and we talked to other folks too, but when we talked to you guys, um, maybe because you guys were kind of new and you did have some successes, but I think listening to you all's story, you know, Latafa's and Chad's story, you know, mm-hmm. we could relate to, to all that. So, and you guys were good, you know, you, you, you were good guys too, you know, that was the, that was probably the biggest thing is that we trusted you guys. Yeah, you know, we said well, yeah. I think we can, I think we can trust these guys, right? And uh, we just felt that connection with Amada and the the people at Amada, and and so when we we were going to do something, so who are we going to do it with, and what were we going to do? And obviously, home care is a great field business to be in, just because of our aging population. Mm-hmm. That it, we had to select an industry. This was a great industry to select. I was uh, thinking about the fact that you guys went into to Michigan and and you were the first in Michigan, right? Uh, yes, right? And there was there was no nobody to look at to say, will this work here? I mean, and and every state that we go into, there's always kind of that trepidation. But did you do some research that told you that it should work, or or was it a little bit of faith? Um, or, or, or did you see other home care companies in the market and they were doing it so you guys could too? Right, right. Like, and, until I started, until we 
you know, I had the conversation with you and Greg presented, you know, home care. I hadn't really looked at, I had experienced some home care just with family members and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and various experiences that we had just with uh, family members getting ill. But I had not looked a lot into it until we started the process. Okay. And then we looked at the process. Yeah, I saw other companies, other folks can do this. They're doing it and successful. And, 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 and as I said before, we knew this was a good industry because of uh, our aging population. And Michigan is a, is a great state for that. You know, it has an older population. It's not unique in any way than in right. most other states, you know, but the businesses were already operating. It was yeah. people were utilizing the services. So, yeah. I, so I we just we... have to be better than the next guy. That's right. And what I what I find is a lot of times people call and they say, I, I, I know that you're in California, uh, but in my market, like let's say they're in Wichita, Kansas, or they're in uh, New Jersey, like wherever they're at. A lot of times they say, but listen, in my market, there's a lot of competition. You probably don't have the type of competition that I have, <laughs> right? Like, And they, right. they kind of go through like, I just did a Google search and there's 20 pages, not competitors, there's 20 pages of competitors. Right. And uh, and so they they have this this feeling that it's going to be way more competitive where they are. So and what what we usually tell them is, well, you're not special in any way. Every single market that you Google home care companies, there's going to be 20 pages, right? Even if, you, right. if you're in Alaska, if you're in Miami, Puerto Rico, or Wichita, Kansas, doesn't matter. Right. And I know that was the same thing for for you guys in Farmington Hills and yeah. that greater yeah. area. So what to do about that? You get in there and there's a bunch of freaking companies. How do you how did you make a difference? How did you and there's some some of it, which is, you know, you know that you are you and you're you're going to be great. But but how how did you dislodge the competition and how did you go after your business? First, I, I think we came in probably with that we were like we come from Farber. We come from medical device. We can come and blow this market out. Luckily, we had that thought, even though it wasn't true, but that... <laughs> Wait, like what wasn't true? What, that, yeah, oh, the bravado. Yeah, the, yeah, you know, that we had the bravado <laughs> that we could come in, we could really do this, you know. And, well, but it uh, was true. You did. I mean... But, but, but we came in and with that type of bravado, you know, without knowing, without, you know, really knowing exactly how it worked, but we always thought we could do it. So yeah. it was never a question of can you do this or not, okay? But... Once we got into it, sure, we still had that, but we did find out it wasn't that easy. You yeah. really had to work at it. You had to build trust with your referral sources who are going to be giving you business, and you had to be able to speak to families, understand, you know, have that that empathy when you're when you're speaking to families and and understanding, try to understand what's going on. And so it's a learning curve. So you're not going to come in. It's very few. I know there's some who come in and just blow it right out of the water. You know, sometimes that's that's skill and luck, right? Yeah. But we had to come in and we had to, uh, we had the attitude, which was good, but yet we also understood that this is different and you got to get people to trust you, okay? Yeah. Really, you got to get families and re- to trust you and you have to get referral sources who are referring you to families who they're providing care for too, to trust you. And that takes time and it takes, uh, you know, just being good people and always doing the right thing. Yeah. I was talking to uh, our friend, Greg Getchell. Uh, we did an episode mm-hmm. with him and he said, you know, the first year in Amada, I call it the year of no sleep. He said, it was right. brutal, man. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. You know, the right. the phone ringing at all hours, you know, having to, to figure out how to cover shifts and all that. And it's funny because we're, we're, I feel that we're always trying to be very honest about that because I think if somebody's looking to start in a business 
And if you hear that it's going to be the year of no sleep, or if it's going to be like unbelievably hard and you go, well, I don't want to do that, then don't start a business, right? Like you, you yeah. should know that this is going to be unbelievably challenging. Now, would you put it, when you think about that first year, would you put it as the hardest thing I've ever done or the most, like you can go on a, you can hike across the United States. That's going to be hard. But, right. but I mean, like, like how, how would you qualify that first year? How hard was it? It, it, it was as, as Greg, you mentioned Greg, Greg Getchell, you know, you are, you know, so Greg and I, my Greg Kynes, my business partner, mm -hmm. it was just the two of us for a while, right? So we did all the scheduling. We did, you know, it's something someone called off. You had to find that person on the weekends. You know, you're the on-call person. You're taking the call also. Uh, so it was a lot of hours. You know, you're sitting in the office. You're getting in at 8 o'clock, whatever. You're leaving at 8 o'clock at night or 9, whatever, because you're trying to fill the shifts and make sure the cases everybody's taken care of, going out to see folks and all. So it was it was challenging. At times, you're like, oh, my gosh. It's just so much right yeah, now, right? Yeah. But but yet it was but yet it was very rewarding also because you when you did have the opportunity to help someone or and that you knew this was yours, you yeah. were doing it for yourself. Yeah. Okay. And, and and then as you progress and your business grows and you're bringing in more people, then you really start feeling like I'm running a business now. Okay. I'm not just working. It's not, it's not a job. So once you start bringing folks in, then now I'm running a business. Okay. Yeah. And so, so I've heard someone made a comment one time that if I have to be there every day, it's a job, right? I, and I can I got to watch everyone. It's a job. But when you bring in folks and you, and you can, if you're not there and things run well, now you're running a business, that, right? That's, and I so love you that. Go for, so you go from a, you know, having a job to running a business. To running a and, business. Uh, to running a business. And, and, and when you get to that point, it's very satisfying. Very satisfying. That's really cool. So when we, we we talk about the the speed of trust, right? The ability to get out there and get referral sources to uh, to trust you, to like you, trust you, and then refer you, right? There's like those three right. stages that you have to get through. And I think a lot of right. people they they go, you know, my referral sources like me, but I'm not getting any business. It's like, well, do they trust right. you? Uh, okay, now they trust me, you know, and, and it takes it takes that time. Do you remember how long it took you to have that first client? Now, and I'm, and I only want to say this out of speed of trust, not that you, you made it, but, but how long did it take you from opening your door yeah. to getting that first client? So once we got all our materials and everything, let's say mm -hmm. September, August, September, whatever. We, yeah. We didn't get our first client until October. So like August, so, September. August, September. Uh, yeah. Mid, late October, I think it was. So you could, you could almost call right. it like two months of speed of trust. Right. Like it yes. took, and that can be disconcerting, right? Two months of, and, and I know you guys, it wasn't two months of really? going out like once a, once a week. No. You, you were no. both, you were both going out right. Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, right. seeing right. accounts, seeing accounts. But did you see a light in those two months? Did, did were you, were you seeing, they like me, they're trusting me, it's, it's coming? Yeah, and it got a little closer. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, they you coming in and they're starting to trust you more. And I and I can remember even our very first client, our actually our very first referral. So you get your referrals from anywhere. Was yeah. from my barber. Stop my barber it. gave me my first referral. Yeah. Wait, first referral that became a client or just no, first I'm sorry, referral? That became a client. No, no, I'm sorry. That became a client. What's from your that barber? From my barber. He was cutting the guy's hair because his barber was out sick, so he was 
he had come to my barber and he was telling his story and he had his friend, he needed care, blah, blah, blah. And of course, you tell your story to everybody. As yeah, you of do course, this, right? You know? You're so, so tired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I told my barber about this. So that's where my first referral actually came from. And then when I sat, then when Greg and I sat down with the guy. Man, I, I may have to go back to a barber. I haven't been, I, haven't, I mean, I have not been to a barber in probably 15 years. I might have to figure that out again. Go get my beard done. That's yeah. a pretty good referral source. You never know. Because he, he talks to everyone. But anyway, so when we see, so when we talk, when we sat down with the, the, the client and we told him, because he, of course he asked, well, how many clients do you have? And, you know, yeah. we're telling him our story, why not? Yeah. And you, and you have to say, you'll be our first and he's like, you're first. <laughs> this is but, not the barber. This is the gentleman that you sit down is, in front this of. This is the actual client. This is now, the were, actual were you and Greg both there? We actually were both there. You're both, we there. Both you're, there. You're you're like, this is it. This is it. This and is the it. Guy says, yeah, we're how many we're saying a prayer before we go in. We're going to get this case. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we go in there. And luckily, the guy that had gotten his haircut wasn't the client, but he was his roommate. All right, he got was helping take care it. of this guy. Okay. Right, and uh, and he said, "Mr. Green, I think we can trust him. Let's go ahead and trust him." So he was our first one. And matter of fact, we named our conference room after him. Actually, no after way. the both of them, yeah, the Cook Green Conference Room because it was Mr. Cook who. Dude, that uh, is... And Mr. Green was actually the client. So it's the Cook Green Conference Room that we named it. And then after that, you know, we got November, got, you know, one or two. And then it just just started, you know, we got a few, you got a handful. And then, you know, it just started, it started clicking. It started clicking. Yeah, then you get some, you know, we were able to to have some contracts with uh, big referral sources. You know, the there was a Medicaid service, uh, a nonprofit, I should say, nonprofit that we, we, we partnered with. We got clients from them and then the VA came on and then, you know, so it, it was it was just, you just keep churning. You just keep churning and you're out there and, and things start to happen. And, and speaking of churning, now that I remember, when you guys came on board, uh, back in 14, 15, we would talk a lot about long-term care insurance. We still do. Right. And as I remember, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think we would talk about there was there were certain relationships that were so tight for us. And we'd say, hey, no promises, but man, there's this relationship. You could get this. Get and we really meant it. We really felt that this was this was everywhere. But it, but a lot of those relationships didn't work out for you guys. Like you, right, it did not. you it, were one of the first franchise partners, I think, that like you went out to market and what was kind of our bread and butter wasn't there. Right. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't there. there for us. It did. It didn't connect. You know, we did all the right things. We were in there, uh, like you know, the various places we were told to go. We were in there, you know, doing things and giving presentations. You know, you know, bringing in lunch. We, we were in. We were in. These you were places, doing it. Bringing folks in. Yeah, bringing folks in from California to talk. You know, we were yeah. doing it. It just didn't happen, and, and it's still yeah. not a huge part of our market. Right. It's a big part of Amada. Right. Right. It's a huge part of Amada's across the country, but. It's not a huge part of our business. Yeah. And so that's how some markets can differ. You know, they could just differ. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and you guys, you guys figured it out. What, what I yeah. love is the fact that it wasn't there and you guys just went. And this was, it's so amazing about you too. And I, I want to get into this as well, but, and I, I'm not on, I'm not on the training and support side. So I didn't hear a lot of the battles, but, but it felt to me that you guys are like, it's not there. Okay. Where are we going to go get it? Where, let's, right. let's go. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, you figured it out, which is amazing, and you still figure it out to this day. You, you've been able to pivot, and and I think your revenues are different from probably 
you know, a very large percentage of our franchise partners. You do the business. I mean, the business is the same, but where you get your business mm -hmm. from is very different from a lot of our franchise partners, which I think is so awesome right. that you guys, yeah, it's you a, guys, it's a different mix. you did it. It's a different mix, right? You were able to do it. Right. Here's what I wanted to get into with you is uh, partnerships as well. I think in any business and in, in, in business, you see partnerships go well and you see partnerships go awful, just like marriages, right? And arguably, right. Kevin, well, I don't know. I'm not sure which one I'd say is harder, marriage or business partnership. I mean, uh, uh, I guess it depends, right? But it depends. Um, it depends. And, and uh, by the way, by the way, if Carolina's listening, I love my wife. It is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've heard other right. people struggle in their marriages. Other people. But, right. That's right. So with that said, so uh, no, marriage is hard and businesses in, in partnerships are, are hard. Man, I've known you guys now for these nine years and the respect and admiration and love you guys have for each other. Every conference we go to, you and your spouses are there. When we've traveled abroad, you guys are together. Your, your spouses right. seem to love each other too. I mean, man, what's your secret? How, how do you, how do you right. guys, how have you guys been able to keep that type of partnership with each other for this many years? Because I know it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It, it, it can be hard at times. It's respect one another. Now we fight like cats and dogs sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's not all. It's not a love fest, but we, but we know whenever decision is made, and once it's made, once it's done, it's over with. Right, we're on to something else. So, and it's just out of respect for each other. So we can we can talk about a subject. We we agree most of the time. You know, mm -hmm. here's our issue. We can be agreeing, but yet want to argue about one particular little thing about the agreement <laughs> that we, we we're, we're on the same. We won't, we want to do the same thing, but we'll argue about how to get there. Get there sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, it's it's just having respect for each other and knowing each other for so long, and you know, and, and you get to know a person, right? You, you let them, person. you know, they, the good, they let me the blow off steam, right? You let me blow off steam or whatever. And then, all right, okay, you're done. All right, let's, let's move on or, and vice versa, you know, and then we always, every decision is made together. Okay. We never say, well, all right, you take this. If that's how you want to do it. You go do it and I'll do mine. You know, I'll, go, I'll take this other project and I'll do it my way. It's never that way. It's always, we come to a decision. This is how we're going to do something. Right. I love that. So it's never like you go do it and say, oh, well, you do. And you go do it or say, oh, well, you do it then in your way. But no, it's never like that. We come together. Here's a decision made and we do what's best for the business or our people. Yeah. As you know, here in Orange County, I work with my two brothers-in-law, right? Uh, right? Jeff and, uh, right. and Jared. And right. so we've, we've worked together for 17 years, I think now. And we're family as well, right? So it's, it's, right. it's partnerships and, and family and same same thing, man. I mean, there there were times even, you know, earlier where we were at each other's throats, right? Just drag out knockout fights. But there was always a love there. And 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 I think you get to a my I think you get to a point too where uh, I think we understand each other and you get to the point where you know how to use each other. And, and right. what I mean is is not in a bad way, but but I know that Jared is the way he is. And this is how he thinks, and this is what he's really good at. I know Jeff is the way he is, and even with Tafa, I know Tafa like Chad, and we you get to know each other, and and now I know how to how to use them, right? Like I need to I need right. to put, it, and they know how to use me, knowing what your strengths and, and weaknesses are. So right. with with you two, has there been sort of a division where you've kind of realized, okay, I, Kevin, I'm really good at this, Greg, you're really good at that, and and you guys have kind of morphed into your own. Uh, fields and and specialties, or how, how have you decided that? You know, we both do everything, so it's not like an operation person and a marketing person. We both do everything, but there but there are some things that are yeah. just really kind of divided up, you know. So as far as operational things, you know, we still take care of the 
like invoicing, you know, in-house and things like that. And there's that, uh, some other stuff that, that have to be taken care of just because because you have employees, you're getting things come across your desk all the time, you know, stuff from the courts, you know, this and that, you know, and Greg may take care of that. I, I'll send out the, the invoices in the billing, you know. So those kind of things we, we kind of separate. But then there's things that we just know each other's strengths. And you're like, well, Greg, you probably do better handling speaking to this person because this is happening, blah, blah, blah. Or Kevin, you might be better yeah, to handle this yeah. because your personality and whatnot, it might be better for you to do this. You know, Greg, you should talk to this person because this is what's happening. I know you'll do a better job at, at it than me, you know, you know, because maybe one of us will, would do very well because we, we, we our emotions will get too much, too, too involved. We, you know, well, this other yeah, person's emotions, right, they'll keep right. it in check for this particular situation. So so we can kind of yeah. do that thing. So we know our strengths. Even our people in our office knows our strengths and weaknesses. You know, they, they'll come to him for some things and come for me for some things they, because they'll know how we handle it, you know. And so it's just kind of worked that way, kind of organically. We never sat down with a piece of paper. Here, you do this, this, and this. I'm not saying that's not the not right really, way to do it. Right? It's probably it just smarter. Of... Yeah, we just did it organically. <laughs> but it might be smarter, you know, to say, here is your assignment or whatever. But we just did it. It's just kind of organic. Yeah. And uh, it naturally works. And it works for us that way. It may not work for other folks as their partner. They may need to do it a different way. But this works for us. So for anybody who is looking at the business today, you've been in it for nine years. You probably have seen what the business is like in 14 and what the business is like now. What are your thoughts on somebody who's just getting started in home care? They, they, they're looking at the business now. They want to get into it. And they see all the things you always see, right? Is man, we're only getting older. All these crazy stats yeah. come out about 70,000 people turn 65 every day. Like it's crazy numbers, right? And, right. and it's only getting bigger. What is what is your advice? What are you seeing as current challenges, things you're excited about, things that you're like, wow, this is concerning, like straight up. Like what what do you think the next five, 10 years look like in, in home care? And 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 taking that as what, what's your advice for an entrepreneur looking at it today? Sure. Well, always when people always ask me, I say, well, the need is there. There's no question about the need, uh, folks needing what we do. Mm-hmm. The issue becomes how do they get our service. How can they get our services? You know, with resources. Do they have the resources? You know, I, and I think what's going to happen is just as our population ages, that the government, different sources are going to going to figure that out too. Is that we got to provide some kind of resources for our uh, aging population so that they can get the care if it's through Medicare. Medicaid already pays, but maybe expanding it or some kind of way. So I think that is going to come down the road. That's interesting. Wait, let me pause you there because. So, so uh, a lot of people may not know, because a lot of people think that if I'm 97 years old and I'm blind and I can't eat or drink or go to the bathroom by myself, that certainly a doctor is going to write me a prescription for home care. I mean, how am I going to get out of bed? I'm blind. I can't eat or drink or go to the bathroom by myself. But not true, right? I mean, as of right now, Medicare... Is not gonna, there's no doctor in the country that's going to write you a prescription. And that's usually shocking. Even what I find is even folks, and maybe Kevin, you, you attest to this, before home care, did you even know that that was the case? No. Did you know that? No. Yeah, right? I, I just, it's like, yeah. even if you're in healthcare, even if you're like steeped in healthcare, you don't know this. And Americans don't know this. We don't know right. that that's not covered. And uh, anyway, so it's, it's a, and, and so you're saying you think that the way healthcare is going and how healthcare is moving into the home that maybe the government is going to start taking a closer look at starting to cover some of this. Right. Because like I said, Medicaid covers, but it's, you got to be, you have to qualify for Medicaid. Right. So I can right. maybe expand. 
Medicare may start. They're starting, you know, there's that talk with Medicare Advantage yeah. that some of the, they're paying for a little bit. I really haven't seen it yet, though. But at some point, I think they will finally get on board. So I think that's going to, I think that's going to be a change in the industry. And then there's a lot of things that we do. You know, we, we kind of find ways that can help folks with the resources with, you know, we have a pamphlet that says you think you can't afford home care. And then we, you know, we talk about VA benefits. You talk about using your home, you know, if it's a reverse mortgage or just using the equity in your home, using a life insurance policy to uh, the equity and life insurance policy, or a lot of times now they have riders now. So, or the long-term care insurance policy. So those are the, we, we talk to families about that. These are different ways that you can afford it. Now, I think advice for people who are starting out and they're going out, if they, if they, you know, they're opening their doors, they're going out. So how do, you know, what do I do? You know, yeah, Mod is going to tell you where to go. And, you know, this is what you should do. This is how many calls you probably should make. Mm-hmm. But the boil it all down and peel it the, the onion and whatnot, getting right down to the core. What makes the difference is that person is going to refer you to business. Initially, that's where you're going to get your business is from folks who see these, you know, it's going to get a referral from a, a, a nurse, you know, a long-term care facility, a hospital or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that are, if I send you the referral, can you help me? Are you helping me? I'm going to send that referral where I know if I send it to them, they're taking something off my plate. Yeah. So when you go in and you're having this conversation with someone, you got to build trust and you and your conversation is going to be how I'm going to help you, not only the client, but how am I going to help you person who's sending me that referral? I can, if I take this off your plate, if you call me and you have this difficult client to place, they really can't go. Maybe they can't go home anymore. Right. Home is just not going to be safe for them. Right. And they can't afford 24 hour care. Can you find, if you go in and you talk to them and say, I can find a place for that person. So I'm going to take that off your plate. I'm going to talk to the family. I'm going to take it off your plate and we're going to get them out. You have to discharge them and we're going to help you discharge them by going out and finding a place for them. So if you could do that or you have this person who keeps coming back all the time, you know. Being re- readmitted to the hospital. Yeah, you being admitted to the hospital or they end up in rehab, keep ending up in rehab. The hospital, the hospital, they keep coming back to the hospital. And you talk to that hospital discharge planner and say, hey, we can provide the type of care. We're going to work with the family and work with that client and, you know, talk about fall prevention or, you know, do some of the things in the house, you know, when we come to taking vitals and things like that, you know, and having conversations with the client. So instead of them calling or going to the hospital, to the ER, maybe we're just going to call the primary care physician because we're in the house. So we see these things and we can call the primary care physician. We can step in and they're not back in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So when you have start having this conversation with these folks whose job is to find places for either sending them home or, you know, into a rehab center and, and you have that conversation with them and they start to trust you and, you and they see that you can help them do their job, make their job, they will be more efficient in their job. And that's when they'll start sending you referrals. And I think what we what we usually talk about is is that a lot of your competition throughout the country, and I don't know what you saw, but a lot of competition is not very good at that. There's a lot of competitors right. out there, but what we find is a lot of times competitors aren't very good at that resource-based selling, right? Like you're, right. you're in front of that case manager, and for you to sit there and just say, listen, I... I was raised by my grandma. I love seniors. Right. I My caregivers love more than anyone. I mean, you're not solving a problem for that case manager. Yeah, right. Did you find that? I know that there are good competitors, but did you find that? Did you find that a lot of your competitors didn't have that approach or did a lot of them have that approach? What was it like for you guys in uh, in Michigan? You know, they, they, it's just like anywhere. There's, there's good companies 
like ours, and there's some that are not so great. So mm-hmm. you're competing with the ones that are good. So they're still there. Right. They're still there. Yeah. I'm not going to say that, that, you know, I, you know, I interact with some of these people, you know, various meeting, networking meetings, whatnot. And I know who they, you know, they're good people, right? Yeah. They can do yeah. their things well, right? But not, so we just, so then at that point, when you're competing against those good guys, is being consistent. That you're consistent all the time. And they mm. see you and they understand you and they know you so that uh, uh, you can get that. You know, you may not get all the referrals, but you get some of the referrals. And then you may go in and ask for specific referrals. OK, because, you know, we're since, you know, long care insurance and in some in, in some markets, you go in and say every long term care insurance client you say you send to me. OK, I'll take yeah, those from you. Right. You know, right. We'll do that with us. We were known as the VA guys. Right? Okay. So we would go in because we, we didn't have that. We talked about how we didn't really have the long term care insurance business. Right. Right. But, but we did make uh, uh, inroads into the VA uh, as far as being a referral source. Uh, for them, you know, so we would go in into these hospitals and to these SNFs and things like that. And we would talk about, uh, you know, veterans, give us all your veterans, you know, so we'll help them get in, get into a program. Because you want to steal that mind share, right? You want to be known for right. something. You can't just be known right. as right. the home care guys. There's right. too many exactly. of them. Right. So, so, so now every time they think of, so it was to the point when anytime they said a veteran saw a veteran, they were calling us, hey, call these guys, call these guys. These guys, even though you could do much more than that, but you you became the VA guys, right? So we became knowledgeable on how some of the VA programs work. You know, some of some things that you know the program that we're involved in, the community care program, works pretty quickly. Then you have um, other programs that uh, aid and attendance program that you know was a long run. You may be six seven months before you got to you know. But we would talk about all those programs. So folks would call us and say, "Hey, this is gone. He's a veteran. What can you do for him?" And then we go into the talking to the families of how we might be able to help them. Here are the various resources that that you can use. And and the VA is still a big part of your business today. Yeah, it is a big part. It's not our our mix is better now. So it used to be real heavy with me, but no. But yeah, it's it's probably a third of our business still, you know, so it's still a big chunk. Which is so interesting, right? That, That that transition, right, is get known for something. Right. Grab that business, and then the rest, as they trust you, is that, and is that kind of what's right. happened? As as the trust created, then you you were known as the VA guys, but then you started being known for more right. than just the VA guys. Just the VA, yeah, right, don't care. You know, you have you been out here a while? We, you know, we used to do a radio show, right? And hmm. uh, it was like every Thursday. We really not every Thursday. I'm sorry, one Thursday a month we uh-huh. were on a show, and we did that for I don't know, like three years, uh, two or three years, right? Wow. If one Thursday out of the month, we were doing that. And some of these, and, and, you, and you're and you out here, you, you, we've been in business so long, right? So now you might get, yeah, I heard you on the radio. It might've been a year ago, really? right? So now you just start getting referrals from all over the place. You know, it, it's not just one, it's, it could yeah. be a, an odd place here you got a referral. That's something you said, you spoke to a group six months, eight months, a year ago. And wow. they remembered you, they remembered your stuff. So it's initially it's, you know, you need to get them really quickly. Then after a while, you've been in business for a while. Then you just start getting them from places you didn't even expect it was coming in, you know, that's interesting. and, and you, and you get the referral. And that's just because you, you know, you've been in business a while. You've done a lot of different things out there in the community and people do listen, even though you don't think, cause you don't get that referral right away. Right. You think, uh, I didn't make any, I didn't, my impact, you know, maybe it wasn't as great as I thought it was, you know, but then several months down the road, you're getting those people that heard you speak calling you about service. They only yeah. need service when they need the service, right? Right. It's not. But they remember you. <laughs> right, right. So when they're coming to, to hear you, they're being, they're getting prepared 
for when something happens or at least have that knowledge. When something happens, I know where to go. And then when something does happen, you want to hopefully they still have your stuff and you made such an impact that they're going to give you a call. Huh. It's interesting, it, the uh, the idea that um, you actually mentioned a couple times while we've been talking about uh, consistency, right? Just the consistency right. and, and, and the idea that no effort is wasted, right? It right. feels that way in the beginning, right? It feels like right. you're spinning your wheels, but in aggregate, right. if consistency is important and no effort is wasted, then it's just how much effort are you doing, right? And eventually right. all that effort in aggregate Right. Ends up paying off. Right. And uh, right. none of it, none of it becomes wasted, not only in the market, but in us. Right. In our expertise. Right. All the all right. the podcasts, all the meetings, all the pitches, you get better and better. Right. You get better and better. Right. You're now nine years. They say, what does it say? It takes you 10 years to become an expert or something crazy or 10,000 <laughs> hours, whatever it is, you know, yeah, like, right, right, uh, right. how long it takes you to be an expert. So. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time with us, Kevin. Thank you for sharing your story. We couldn't be more thankful that you took a chance on Amada back when uh, when few would in, uh, in right. 2014. Uh, we're lucky to have you as part of the family, man. We're, we're blessed to have you and Greg uh, here with us. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're very, we're thrilled that we're here. We both, I think we both, I can speak for Greg too, I think, is that as far as business decisions, it was one of the best decisions we've ever made, you know, as far as our careers, just doing this, coming out and opening this business. So it's, uh, it's, it's been great to work with Amada, nothing but good things to say, you know? So yeah, we're, we're very pleased and happy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here in this We Are Amada episode with Kevin Manuel. If you want to continue going through your discovery process with us, all you have to do is go to your email. You'll definitely have an email from me or from Tim and you just reply and keep going through the discovery process. And we know it's not going to be right for everyone. Kevin, I don't know if you noticed, but we've had about, I think it numbers about 30,000 people have inquired about Amada since 2012. And we just keep all wow. of the, the, the inquiries. And we're right. in, uh, I think, 160 locations, right? So we right. know it's not going to be for everybody. So uh, just right. as a message to you, if you're listening to this, uh, don't be shy, right? Go through the process, find out if it's for you. Worst case scenario, you find out it's not. And then you'll know maybe what is. So uh, you could always you could always find out. So Kevin, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for being on here. 